Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we'll give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Oh, man, it's Monday, not Friday, not hump day. It's Monday, another week for us to get through. Uh, and you have the Gridiron Stud Show to kick it off for you here on Monday, January 26, 2015. Amo Calamino, my co-host, joins me here as we try to kick off your week. It is a Super Bowl week, Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Are you excited yet, or are you still, uh we still... Uh, I'm still I'm still getting there, you know. I'm 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 pondering different things. When did we get to naming winter pondering. storms? Yes. You, you guys don't deal with that. Easy. Listen, first of all, I'm injured. You can tell in my voice. I'm injured. Um yeah, I'm sick. Would you you injured your voice? Yes, I'm battling illness up here in the you see, you don't deal with this stuff down there really. I mean if you get something down there it's probably Ebola and you're dead. Me, I'm I'm just dealing with these things that happen to you up in the northeast. You get these colds, chest colds. You remember those days, don't you? You were a kid up here. Uh, I do remember them, though I have been for many, many years trying to forget them. Although, you know, the winters weren't nearly as terrible for me as it seemed to be for my mom, who had had her fill of that, uh, hence the reason we made our way down to right. Miami. Well, I'm dealing with that, and, and, and now I'm watching the Weather Channel. I guess they're getting – see, we're getting like a little snow here for us, like two, three inches. I guess east of us in New York City, they're getting what they call a blizzard, or to them a blizzard, and we, we now name winter storms. When did we get to that point? The, uh, it just sounds good. It sounds good. Uh, it's newsworthy. It's um, something that can carry itself from new show to new show. Man, we're on 24-hour news cycle, so – you're going to do stuff now like name storms. And if you get a strong wind, don't start naming that too. So uh, here we are. That's, that's craziness, the world that we man. This country, this country is soft. I'm telling you, when you start naming your winter storms, you're soft. Yeah, I know. I don't ever recall anything like that being done when I was a snot-nosed kid in New York City. All right, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about uh, the Super Bowl, <laughs> Bill Belichick's Press conference, man. There's a story that's not going to go away. It just this is a um, this is a media um, this is a this is a freaking windfall for the media. I mean, it doesn't. Did you get see the beginning of SNL? Did you have a chance to pull that up? You, you've got to pull SNL, that up. I missed SNL, man. I missed. Not only did I miss SNL, I didn't see the press conference. So you're going to have to take the lead on that discussion and clue me in along with our audience. Uh, we're going to also talk college football recruiting. It is that time of year we've got, what do we got, roughly 10 days until D-Day, which is signing day, when uh, a lot of hearts get broken, a lot of people get surprises, and there's flips and decommits. And a bunch of grown men sit classes. around and, and, and ponder, ponder, there's that word again, the decisions of 17- and 18-year-olds. Yes, exactly, and um, unfortunately, I'm one of those guys. I'm, Me I'm too. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not excluding myself. I'm not above it. I'm just making fun of myself. Yes, uh, we'll also have a uh, 
very big announcement regarding one of South Florida's uh, very famous and well-known uh, high school football teams. Uh, a little bit of information that I have received that I will be revealing to our audience uh, regarding uh, one of the teams down here in South Florida. So uh, tune in for that. That will probably be coming up in the next segment. For those of you who are tuning in strictly for that, come on, man. Stick around and listen to the Gridiron Stud Show. It is a featured show on Blog Talk Radio for a reason. Come on, we know what we're doing here. I mean, this might not be the best sports talk radio show you've ever heard, but it's the best one on Blog Talk Radio. I'll tell you that right now. So hang around and listen. Uh, you might you might learn something today. Hey, listen, right. I've, so heard enough, I've heard enough. I've heard enough sports on. talk in my life to tell you it's not hard to crack the top ten. Yeah, isn't that something? So, um, where do we want to start off? You let let me have you take over the whole Bill Belichick thing because well, I'm going to just let you know right up front. I didn't see it, but I don't believe Tom Brady for a minute. I'm still up in the air about Bill Belichick. I'm not sure if he knows. I, I'm. I don't know that I like people saying this right here. What I'm hearing is that uh, Bill Belichick would have to know because he's just, he's just so detailed he'd have to know uh, about the football. That, you know, listen, just because someone is super detailed on certain things doesn't mean they're super detailed on everything. So he may not, in fact, know what went on with the footballs. But, you know, I digress. You saw the – Well, I, I mean, for the five or ten minutes I could stick with Belichick. What, what do you, you know? I mean, because you know, some of this now has just entered the the land of silliness. I mean, let the NFL investigate it at this point. If in fact they did anything, okay, then you deal with it. But I mean, the constant talking about it on on that. I mean, they let off the news last week, all three major networks, and I forget what day it was. With this as their lead story, I'm talking the world is burning in all these different places, all the corners of the globe. We got stuff going on, and we're leading with the Patriots deflated the football. Okay, he comes on. Well, I, guess. I don't know. What do you want to hear? Do you, do you want to? You really want to hear about ISIS again? What can we do about ISIS? We're talking about it. We really need to know who the hell let the air out these footballs. That's important crap. We got to know this. We love our sports. Dougie who snap or something. The the, according to SNL, Dougie snapped the the, the the ball boy, the assistant co-manager to the ball boys. <laughs> You got to pull that clip uh, up. Listen, Belichick said, um, you know, he went into this atmospheric pressure and you know, essentially trying to explain it away with bad weather deflated the football the way it deflates your tire up here when the weather first gets cold. If you have those sensors on your car, a lot of times you come up here in oh, he December. Oh, he got scientific. He tried to get scientific, and I, I didn't watch it yet. Bill Nye, the science guy, had found it hysterical. Basically, what I gather is Bill Nye said his explanation is impossible. <laughs> what was, wait, give me the explanation again. Lay it out here for us, for those of us who missed it. I, you, know. he, 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 you could pull it up. I mean, he, you know, without, without me trying to get scientific on you, because I'm not going to pretend that, that I even care, uh, he went into barometric pressure and bad weather and all this other stuff. I mean, essentially what he's trying to say is, <laughs> it got it got eleven of the. Tw- Let me the explain for you guys. I, I feel like I feel like you and I are in different countries because of where you live and where I live. But people who've never lived in the Northeast, you come up here and you you fill your tires like anybody else. It, the weather gets cold usually around the end of December. I mean, really cold or early January, where it's like you know in the morning it's fifteen degrees. If you have car sensors on your your car, it'll tell you that your tire pressure is low, not because mm-hmm. in fact you have a leak in your tire. But just because as the air got cold, really, really cold, 
what you had in there kind of condensed and you know in in essence you got less pounds per square inch because of you know the air being denser and not expanding so he went into something along those lines i'm probably giving you more than he did from what i remember but that's essentially he's trying to say hey it was the weather if it happened it was the weather mm. in other words it must have been mm. the cold weather mm. okay that was it yeah i mean i mean without you know does anyone who's shoveling snow today buy that do they believe any of that well i guess my question I mean, would Abel, be should the cold should balls, the colds have deflated balls, balls too well would the colds have the same problem weren't they playing in the same weather yeah, but I mean, he, is, is he tripping? What's? <laughs> but wait, did anyone check the Colts' football? We I'm sure in this investigation we? they did. I mean, you know, that would be the that would be the obvious to you and me. That's pretty simple. If you just check the, if you're explaining it away as in, hey, it was just weather conditions, and I've got 11 mm. of my 12 are underinflated, mm. then I should mm. find you know eight to ten of the Colts underinflated as well because their balls were sitting out in the same weather. Pardon the pun. Yeah, well, listen, I think everyone's balls were cold on that day, but, um, you know, 11 of 12 balls, how do we explain that? Why did he even have this press conference? Bill Belichick does not like talking to the media. So why in God's green uh, I think would he, he go have that? Who advised him on that? You familiar with the term tilt from poker when you go on tilt? Well, I'm I'm familiar with the term. I, I'm okay, well, I think they got the guy on tilt. I mean, I think somebody's finally gotten to Bill Belichick. I think the questioning his program and his integrity and what he's done for 15 years, I mean, I think it's actually gotten him. I mean, you and I have talked about this. It's not the first time. If it was the first time, we'd probably all be kind of just chuckling. It's like, big deal. It's more the fact that every time something goofy like this happens, it seems mm. to involve him. And his team. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt. Are they being is are they being attacked, or is there something here? Well, I don't know, but he. I think he felt. You asked why did he go? Um, you know, why did he go to the media? I think he's trying to, you know, the old term, get in front of it. But I'm not sure you can get in front of this one. I mean, unless you have a plausible. We talked about this a little bit Friday, and here's why I don't buy any of it. Brady's livelihood is made with those footballs. I mean, that's his – it would be like you go in for open-heart surgery, God forbid. They come out and tell your wife, well, we have to go back in because we used the scalpel, the wrong scalpel, the one we do ACLs with. Now, the open-heart surgeon makes his living with that scalpel. The minute he picks up the wrong one, my guess is he would know, I've got the wrong piece of equipment here. It's what I do every day, three times a day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my that's what yeah. I look at with Brady. I mean, this is what this guy – you hand a ball to a pitcher in baseball. If the laces aren't exactly the way they like it, they toss it back. I mean, they, right. That, I, that, I, I, didn't like, I didn't like his interview. Uh, I wasn't buying for a second him saying, I just throw the football. He got dumb on us. Uh, I just throw the football. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't pay any attention. Bull crap. No one believes that story. So, um, Chad, I've got to tell you. When we go to our first break, you have an assignment. You have to go on YouTube and just get the opening to SNL because everything you're talking about, they had a field day with. <laughs> when SNL gets a hold of it, man, uh, it's I all mean, over. It's, it is. I mean, the whole thing with that big smile of his and he's just looking and trying to, you know, deflame the – whatever word you want to use, you know, deflame the situation like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just a quarterback. I throw the ball. You know, just plain old me. They killed it, huh? 
No, I'm saying he really did that. I mean, what you said. I mean, he tried to make it like, oh, yeah, what would I know about the pressure of the ball? i just pick it up and throw it. Uh, this is this is not going to end. I mean, we're, we actually need the game now. We, it's we going to end on it's going to end on Sunday, and it, th- this has been the you know since TMZ crowd got involved. If you really look at the last four or five Super Bowls, there's always a story. There's always mm-hmm. some other story. Richard Sherman last year, he was the story if you remember. Yes, he was indeed the story because he went all WWE with Aaron Andrews. Um, and and then you know, look, she seems to be in the middle of this thing. They were they were they were a little upset with her about her interview with Russell Wilson. I don't know. I just certain people they just like to attack out here. And it looks like Aaron Andrews is going to be it. Poor girl, just trying to be a sideline reporter, man. Well, yeah. Is it her, the year before, what was the story? Remember the year before we we had the Harbaugh brothers. Remember, we got into the yeah. whole. The, you know that was the, there's always going to be. As long as we live in this world we live in anymore, with the, uh, is, as we call it, the TMZ crowd, there's going to be a story. The NFL will come out with their findings after the Super Bowl. My, I suspect they're going to find the Patriots, uh, find the Patriots' explanations not very plausible, and then we'll see what uh, Roger Goodell does. I mean, I guess Richard Sherman, you know, said it best. If if Marshawn Lynch had worn gold spikes, he would have got suspended. So we'll see what happens with the Patriots if, if in fact, it, sh- it turns up that, you know, they were tampering with the game ball. You think Roger Goodell has a drinking problem at this point? Um, at $30 million a year. It actually, at this point. Chad, at $30 million a year. If he sat in the crowd, if he, hold on, if he, sit, if he sits in the crowd for the Super Bowl, as he's been known to do, if he would pull up and sit in that crowd, and he had he, he he had a he had a bottle of Smirnoff in his hand, just visibly drinking from it, not trying to hide it during this game, I would almost understand, because this has just been one hell of a year uh, for for him and for the NFL, just unbelievable off the field kind of year. Yes I mean, and no. We haven't even yes and no. Though. A lot of it's been created. A lot, lot of it's been created by him. By his own poor decisions. True, true. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's clean in all this. It's just been one hell of a year from him, um, and I suppose it's. I mean, where did it start? Where do you say the year started with Ray Rice? Is that your first big incident for him this year? Which one would you say started his year? Uh, it's the first one that comes to to my mind. I, you know, I'd have to check the the, the, the okay. memory banks. But You're the new commissioner of the NFL, right? I made you mm-hmm. the commissioner that day. They they walk in. Mm-hmm. You turn on no, they don't even walk in. You turn on your TV, and there's a clear video of, you know, Ray Rice, big NFL player, cuffing his girlfriend backside the head. Well, no, we didn't have that video at that time. What we saw was him dragging her out of the elevator, uh, and it looked like something out of Nightmare on Elm Street. But we okay, didn't know yeah, you're exactly right. What happened? Well, at that point, wouldn't you say that? You have to come down hard on the guy, considering that you suspend guys for four games for smoking weed. Well, I listen, hold on, hold on. I mean, a lot of the criticism for Roger Goodell up to that point was that he was too heavy-handed in punishments. So they're all over the guy, and maybe he says, "All right, I've turned over a new leaf. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, loosen up a little bit on these guys." And the first time he does that, pow! Look what he gets. So, so you get a, a film of a you get a film of a guy who looks like a serial killer in Criminal Minds, 
and your solution is two games. <laughs> she could have she could have had too much to drink. So um, he, he couldn't pick her up. I mean, this guy's a big, strong football player with 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 with. I, I'm suspecting a, a girl that weighs a lot less than him. He couldn't pick her up and carry his his fiance to the room. He was gonna drag her by the feet. Listen, man. The only thing he carries are footballs. Okay, she significantly weighs more than a football. So, um, look, back in the day, the men would grab one ankle of a woman and drag her back to the cave. So just be, he may be really old school in that regard. But look, um, you know, we're making jokes here, and, and probably if we we had a large, you know, group of women listening, there'd probably be a protest going on right now. But truth of the matter is, yes, the video showed him dragging her out of the elevator, but we didn't actually know exactly what happened, you know, so. I know. Well, anyway, I guess my point is I'm not even trying to drudge that up again as much as saying I think a lot of what what his tough year has been has been the way he's handled some of this. Yeah, I I would agree. I would agree. He didn't do a great job, man. It was 2014 was not a good year for him, and then, you know, we're kicking off 2015 with, with this whole deal, he has to be. But you got people out there trying to figure out how to pay their bills. I mean, the guy makes thirty million bucks a year. He'll be fine. Yeah, ultimately he'll be fine. As are yeah. most of these guys wrapped up in any scandals out there. At the end of the day, they're going to drive behind uh, their their guard gate, and they'll be just fine at the end of the day. But, yeah, he'll be. Uh, I'm not. I'm not worried about Roger. I mean, even if he loses his job, I'm sure he can go work for Louis Free. Yeah. Well. Already 40 interviews. Like 24 hours later, 40 interviews were done about uh, the air being out of. The, I'm trying to think. I was I was in the car the other day thinking, man, who are could be the 40 people that you would interview within 24 hours about the balls being a little light? Who are the 40? Yeah, people? I don't. All who I know are, is this. Come on, I man, want give this me game 40 people. Who could that be? Who could that damn well, well be? Dougie, the ball boy, the his boss, boss, Robert Kraft. Maybe Kraft touches the ball. I don't know. Forty guys? I think they're full of crap with this stuff. When they come out with seven hundred page reports over nonsense, and then they did, we did over twelve hundred interviews. You got to be kidding me! It's a lot of All you have to, if you really want to know the truth, you you go to the the equipment staff and you say, okay, the refs signed the balls in at two hours and fifteen minutes before the game or whatever. I think that's what they do. What what happened to those footballs between? Then and game time. Where did they go? And you have each of them explain it to you separately and see if their stories make sense. That's all. You know who's going to get the truth out of this whole thing? You, you can't handle the truth. No, you know who's going to get the truth. Who? It's going to be TMZ or Deadspin, one of those two. They're going to throw enough money at that staff that you're eventually, you know, they eventually they'll pay somebody off, right? Contract. They'll pay somebody. They'll throw enough money that it's worth, you know, a quarter million dollars to somebody to 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 just fess up and and figure they're never going to work in that job again. Well, yeah, that's what it's going to take. I'd have to think if the Patriots are really really in on this, they're throwing some money at those guys too. <laughs> so a bidding war has ensued. Well, Kraft's um, got more money than TMZ, so. Uh, yeah, but how far is he willing to go, you know, to pay, you know, Luke? the? Uh, I would think he'd guy. want to protect his, I, I would think he'd want to protect his balls. Damn it, man, you had to go there. On that note. <laughs>
on that note, man, uh, when we get back, I will have uh, an announcement, basically an announcement of a, a rumor, okay, uh, but a uh, fairly decent one. What are you about working for ESPN these days? You have the no, announcement of a rumor. We are, we are TMZ and Desmond. We're an announcement of a rumor uh, having to do with the South Florida high school football team, one that uh, everyone knows about. We'll talk about that, and also college football recruiting is uh, winding itself down for the uh, class of 2015. Emil and I will discuss that. We'll do that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as one dollar. 
For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! Twenty-four here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino, kicking off your Super Bowl week with uh, some Super Bowl talk. We just can't get around the whole, you know, Deflate Gate or whatever the hell you you want to call it. Uh, I did catch, a, you know, half of the clip from Saturday Night Live. You, Man, you got to watch guys. the end of it because he he ends it. The ball boy becomes Jack Nicholson, and the reporter oh, goes. Yeah, he goes, the reporter says, did you deflate the balls? He goes, you want the truth? She says, yes, I want the truth. He said, you can't handle the truth in in places that you don't want to go. There are men with balls that need to be inflated with pumps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Saturday Night Live, man. You're all the way live when uh, they get a hold of you. So um, I will definitely check out. The end of that. All right. Uh, it's college football recruiting season, but before that, I know some people have tuned in to hear what it is I've got to, to say about this. I, you know, a very uh, popular high school football team that even you would know about, Emil, way out there in Pennsylvania, uh, recently had a coach uh, decommit from the school, uh, if, if you could say that, fired, uh, he left on his own, who the hell knows, you know, you know, one of those deals where did he resign, did he get fired? Well, I'm talking about St. Thomas Aquinas High School in Fort Lauderdale. I do know them. Uh, I do know them. Yeah. Yeah, very, very famous schools. Yep. Put a lot of pros out there. Uh, the one that you would know the most about is Michael Irvin, famed wide receiver for your beloved Cowboys. He, he pl- did he play for the Cowboys? He did indeed play for the Cowboys, man. Uh, and I'll have to tell you about one of those meme pictures that I saw uh, on, on Michael Irvin that I didn't really agree with, but many people would probably find funny. Nevertheless, St. Thomas Aquinas is currently without a coach. Many rumored um, suitors for the job. Um, for those down here that would know about it, Mark Guandolo, uh, my former head coach, uh, Roger Harriet that I work with at university school, um, and several other names have been thrown around there. I came to understand that uh, some coaches from some, some other pretty prominent high schools in South Florida did apply for the job. I'm not going to put them out there by uh, mentioning their names here. Uh, And, of course, I don't have complete confirmation on that, but I feel pretty strong about the source that told me about some of the people that uh, inquired. would be uh, rather interesting for some people to know about uh, some of those who inquired about the job and uh, and indeed uh, applied for it. Nevertheless, after I think we've been two weeks with this story, trying to figure out who the next guy is going to be after all of that, uh, some wondered with George Smith, uh, the longtime coach, come back. Apparently, that is not going to be the case. According to my sources, 
they think the next head coach at St. Thomas Aquinas is going to be one of the offensive coordinators that they had this year, um, and gentleman that, that that goes by the name Moose. So if you people know who Moose is, uh, it does look like he is going to be the uh, the next head coach of St. Thomas. I mean, some people are wondering why not Guandolo, why not uh, why not Roger Harriet, um, why not one of those guys who have head coaching experience. Um, and, you know, we could speculate all day long uh, on that one, but whatever the case may be, it looks like Jason Milgram, who goes by the name Moose. Can you have a guy named Moose be your offensive, uh, be be your head coach at a famous well, school? Guess a guy named Moose, I'm going to guess a guy named Moose is pretty big, so maybe he um, just threatens some people. Yeah, you'd guess that. You'd, you'd guess that, and you'd, you'd be dead wrong. He's not a big guy. Um, and, and I don't know the origins of of, of uh that name, you know, be, being his nickname. But apparently my sources believe that Jason Milgram, one of the uh, co-offensive coordinators uh, for the team this year, and uh, has been around the program for quite some time, uh, definitely has a lot of experience. And I, I think at the end of the day they wanted to have a quote-unquote St. Thomas guy be the next guy. And uh looks like uh, our man Moose uh, is going to be the next, Head coach at St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, this would only be really the third head coach of the football team since they came into prominence. Uh, you had George Smith, uh, who was a longtime head coach and racked up quite a few state championships and really brought them to prominence here. He really is. He really is St. Thomas football. He's still the athletic director, so uh, he very much. Well, you're rolling this stuff out of here. You better hope you're right. Well, listen, I've been wrong before, and I'm not afraid to be wrong. I'm saying it again, according to a source who I may take out back and shoot in the head if he's wrong. Um, but according to my source, it looks like Milgram's going to be the new head coach, and an announcement could be coming as soon as today. So, um, Well, we're going to find out later today, that. hopefully, if you are correct. I have a, I have a feeling yeah, you are. You don't, you don't usually toss out things unless you're pretty sure. Uh, listen, don't put all that pressure on me. Go out there and find out that, uh, you know, for, for all we know, Rex Ryan's going to be the next head coach there at St. Thomas. But uh, that's what it seems is going to be the case. And I really feel that either way, either way, whether it is Milgram or not, I really think the move St. Thomas wants to make is uh, something within the program or someone very, very closely connected to St. Thomas football, trying to keep it all in the family because a move outside, I think, probably starts uh, probably starts a, a history of of keeping it outside of the family. And then, you know, you bring a guy from the outside in, he's probably going to get rid of uh, some staff. And you've got guys that have been on that coaching staff, man, for thirty years. You know, so no, I'm quite familiar with the name of the move. program. I mean, you know, they're in USA Today almost every year in those you know silly rankings they try to do. Not that the program is silly, but trying to rank the top 25 high school teams in the country is silly. Um, so yeah. I know the name. Yeah, and, and he's uh, and, you know they're always in that top 25. I don't can't remember the last time they weren't in it, whether preseason or postseason. Uh, you may or may not know that Chris Carter is a coach on that staff. Um, his son did attend St. Thomas Aquinas when his son left. Many thought he'd be going too, but he has remained uh, a coach on the staff at St. Thomas, so he's 
uh, probably perhaps the most famous oh, that's pretty uh, cool. coach on the staff. And uh, no, he will not be the head coach. I wonder what would happen if if he became the head coach over there at St. Thomas Aquinas. That'd be rather interesting. But, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think guys like that want that responsibility just because you know he's got other things he's obviously doing so. Yeah, no, heck, heck, no. He's into a lot of things. One of them is ESPN, which he's, you know, is on uh, regularly talking about the NFL and so on and so forth. So that's the deal. All right, listen, we've got college football recruiting winding itself down. We've got ten days left. Um, we're we're reaching the point of uh, the end of decommit season. You know, your decommits would come now, uh, and then you, you know, you got people are got to find new schools and so on and so so forth. So we've got a bunch of that going on i know florida gators hosted some uh pretty big time recruits this weekend one of them is a university of miami commit by the name of jordan scarlett you know amel you know him as you watch university school games from a couple of years back big time running back one of the top running backs in the country he's a university of miami commit he took a trip to florida said he enjoyed it um the folks of florida hopeful that he will flip to them and and uh become a florida gator he does have a trip to Florida State coming up this week, so be on the lookout for that. Um, they could yeah, there's a lot of this going on now. Um, how about this one for you folks out there? <clears throat> right now, Michigan has eight kids in their class. I think they had 16 openings because of, you know, total scholarship numbers, 85. So, you know, if you have 69, you can only do 16. So they had 16 openings this year. Right now they have eight Harbaugh just flipped his uh, second kid. He, he picked up a four-star. Uh, and Chad, you may know this because you're much more up on the, some of these kids than I am. A four-star out of New Mexico, a kid by the name of Zach Gentry, who was uh, rated the number four pocket passer, for whatever that's worth, and number five, oh, 105 overall by rivals. He was going to Texas. Apparently, he now has flipped to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. I have to really go take a look. Uh, at this kid, because I got to tell you something. There's a kid down there in New Mexico who's the all-time leading passer by the name of Easton Bury. He just finished winning, uh, just finished leading the team to uh, the championship in the biggest classification in New Mexico. Threw 40-something touchdowns this year. He's thrown over 100 touchdowns in his high school career. He's thrown for over 10,000 yards. He's six foot three, 215 pounds. And Emil, he does not have a school that he can go to right now. So I don't understand how Michigan goes into the state of New Mexico and picks up this kid. New Mexico we're talking about now, not a hotbed. It's not a no. hotbed. Goes into New Mexico and picks that kid to be their quarterback, and no one can pick up the all-time leading passer, who I'm going to say it again. It's not a little foot ten kid that's in his, you know, where his dad was the head coach and they ran some funky system and they racked up a whole bunch of yards. You know, it's, that's not the deal. Kid's six foot three, 215 pounds. 10,000-plus passing yards in his high school career, over 100 touchdowns, and, oh, by the way, uh, quarterback for the state's biggest classification team's championship and nowhere to go. Can you explain such a thing to me? Pardon me? Just just one of those quirky things. Oh, I don't understand. I mean, if you're talking about – we've talked about this kid on other shows. I have no idea how this kid doesn't have an offer. I mean, mean, he he has the measurables. He – He's lit up the, the state. Obviously, you have another kid from the state that's been, that's been recruited by Texas and now going to Michigan. So you're telling me that 
this kid can't find an offer from from a, any Division One school? There's 120 some of them. It's crazy. No, no, it it is absolutely crazy. I'm scratching my head about it. I don't understand it, but nevertheless, we've got we've, that's that's the situation that we have for Eastern Brewery. So, um, interesting. You know, both Florida and Michigan, who had embattled coaches this year, are struggling to have uh, a bunch of commits right now for their 2015 season. It's going to be, or their 2015 class going to be interesting to see uh, how they do finish up. But coaching turmoil, as you could see, could be a real, real problem for a recruiting class. And, you know, no big revelation there, but um, interesting to see how... Well, let me give you the top to 10, according to rivals, going into, you know, this final home stretch, okay? Number 10... And this is a little bit of of a surprise to me, a little bit, not much. Uh, Penn State is number 10. They have 22 uh, verbals, mm-hmm. and uh, 11 of them are four stars. Uh, so the, that that's four stars are better. That that's that they're coming in at number 10. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Texas A&M. They've got 23 verbals. Uh, Ten of them are four stars or better. Mm-hmm. They're they're at number nine. Number eight. Uh, Notre Dame class is mm-hmm. kind of the same makeup as Penn State, 22 verbals and uh, 11 four-stars or better. Mm-hmm. Number seven, off, off fresh off the national championship, uh, is Urban Meyer and Ohio State. They're at uh, 24 verbals, 13 of them are four-stars or better. Six, and now you start seeing uh, what people want to say about the SEC. Well, watch this. Six, Georgia, 26 Verbals, 11, four stars or better. Five, Tennessee. They've got 28 verbals. Again, somebody's going to explain this to me someday, so it makes logical sense of how we sign 28 when we get 25. But anyway, they've got 16, four stars or better. Florida State, 21 uh, verbals. They've got 15 of those 21, four star or better. Number three, and this is a little bit of surprise, but he's been a good recruiter, I mean, if nothing else. Clemson has 23 uh, verbals. They've got 12, four-star or better. Number two, my team, the University of Southern California, 20 verbals, 17 of them, four-stars or better. And number well, one. I knew they'd be up in there somewhere. Otherwise, why would we be talking about this now? Well, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about recruiting. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, you are. Hey, good. Have at it, friend. Number one, They're doing a drum roll, job. please. The University of Alabama. <laughs> 26 verbals, 20 of them, four-star or better. Stunning development. Stunning development there uh, that you know, the, the Alabama would Some be noticeable there. omissions. How much longer for, do you think? How much longer for yeah. Alabama? Yeah, how much longer for Alabama? That you know, you're seeing things. This is two years running now that they um, didn't make it down to that, you know, that that last game. Yeah, how but I mean that's not a big deal. As long as he hangs around, they're going to be around there. You know, they're going to be in the no, mix. No, well, I guess what I'm saying or what I'm asking you is, how much longer do you think Nick Saban can continue to coach without getting to that final game? You know, he's part of that group of coaches that get antsy about their current situation when they've achieved a certain amount of success and then they're having a problem getting back to it, you know, like Urban Yeah, Meyer I just don't know where else he goes, he Chad. I mean, where does he go from here? I mean, he's got to go. I mean, doesn't he have to, 
he could retire. Yeah, he could. Mm-hmm. He could. I, I, I don't know. I thought mean, about should I have taken that Texas job? Just a new challenge, just something else, you know, because uh, every coach knows things dry up. I mean, does he want to coach another decade at Alabama and hope you can get him in there? Is he chasing Paul Bear Bryant? What do you, what do you, if you had to guess, what do you think is going on? There? What do I think his motivation is? Yeah, at this I, point, I mean, it's if, hard for it's hard for me to say. This this year. It's hard to say. I mean, he he seems happy. I mean, maybe he's just matured to the point that does he? When does Nick Saban look happy to you? Every, I don't know. He doesn't even seem, after winning a title. He doesn't seem like a guy that. At this point, I think he's either realized that this is probably his last dance. I don't think he's going to have the energy to to, to rebuild something. He's he's built this up to something, and I, I think I think he is probably um, looking looking at the at this as saying, "Hey, you know, at this point, if if I leave Alabama, I'll go do TV." Uh, perhaps. Do you envision a scenario where Nick Saban actually stays too long at Alabama and people want him to go? Could it? Could you no. see that happening too? Because I think Alabama, you know, you were kidding around with me last week. Chad, Chad always likes to remind me. That, that's what's refreshing about you. I, I was saying what a great recruiter Sark was, and, and, and he said, uh, that's not too hard. And that's kind of the way I feel about Alabama. You know, you don't have to – he makes it over the top great, but I think if I threw you a whistle and I and I and I tagged along, we could probably recruit some players to Alabama. The brand recruits itself. Oh yeah, we we probably could do that. You know, there's a lot more involved in getting those guys to to the to the end line and getting of them course in the league. So yeah, I could. I don't I think he's ever going to stay too league. long because I think with him there running the show, they're always going to be just because of the talent they bring in and the kind of guy he is. They're always going to be uber competitive. Nobody there is going to call for his head. I mean, a bad year will be, you know, nine and four. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me this: what just right now, right now, if Nick Saban were to step down from Alabama, whatever the reason may be, who would you say is the best candidate to jump in there and fill in that spot right now? I don't care who it is; could be a guy coaching at another program right now. Who would you say is the best guy to go in there and and be the next Alabama head coach? Best Alabama. It is a tough one because I think the Alabama head coach is a, is a little bit more buttoned up than most guys. You look, Bear Bryant had success. He was kind of a authoritarian, buttoned up guy. Gene Stallings was, you know, certainly, you know, not not a, a ball of laughs. And uh, Saban seems to be in that mold. So I'm not sure you could say let's go get a Les Miles. I'm not sure Les really fits Alabama. If that makes any sense to you. Um, Charlie Strong, you know, had he never went to Texas, would probably, to me, be a guy that would do well there in in the Deep South with with his ties. Well, I'm to saying recruit. throw all that out. I don't care if that a guy is coaching at another place. I don't care that he just took the job. Just get. But here's him. the thing: I can't we'll, say we'll Charlie that. Strong right now until I see him rebuild Texas. You know, and if I'm Alabama, I'm not going after a guy who's at Texas until I, he shows me he can win at Texas. He won at Louisville. That's not as hard sometimes because the pressure is not that great. You know, when you, even though the talent's not as great, the pressure's not as great either. At Louisville, if you win ten games, you're a really good coach. At Texas, if you go Would ten and three, Urban Meyer be uh, as a, a slam dunk name to you, or you think there could be better candidates? No, I mean Urban. I don't think he'll leave Ohio State, but I think if he would, I think he'd be a slam dunk at Alabama. 
I just don't know if that's really, you know, Ohio State's one of those eight jobs or ten jobs you and I talked about on a show last year that I think is a destination place. I, I'm not really sure you, you pick up anything by going to Ohio State, by going to Alabama from Ohio State. You the, the, you know, you can get a kid that you really want at Ohio State if you do a good job recruiting them. It's not like you can't get a me, kid from well, Florida. Let me see if I could throw a, you know, if I could throw ten names at you and you tell me, yay or nay on these ten names. I'm just gonna pull them out of, out of anywhere. Um, let's start off with Mark Richt. Could he go to Alabama and be pretty successful? Could he win the elusive national championship? Uh, he was the head coach at Alabama rather than you know the Georgia team that he's with now. Mark Richt. Um, I'm not sure he's a fit for. I mean, I think Mark Richt is a good coach. I, I don't consider him a a great coach. They've had enough there at Georgia to do more. I think I think his results have been less with more. If that makes any sense to you, they're always in the mm-hmm. top seven or eight recruiting classes. It seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have good um, teams, but nothing nothing that. I mean, I don't see Georgia. They haven't dominated that Eastern Division for the last five or six years. They've been up there, but they haven't dominated it. I mean, yeah, so they not. have found a way to lose games that you know they shouldn't lose at Georgia. I mean, damn it, they lost to Georgia Seattle. Tech. I mean, and that's nothing against Georgia Tech, but I mean, come on. Well, Georgia Tech did end up being a good football team this year. They did, yeah, but they did. but Georgia Georgia had a chance to be. In other words, that game determined which team was going to have the the better season, and they lost it. They should be beating Georgia Tech. Um, uh, you know, agreed. You know, I would I, I would definitely agree with that. Would Jim Harbaugh be a good fit at Alabama? I don't know what to make of him yet in the college game. I'd like to see him at Michigan because I'm not sure how his personality is going to going to work long term. If you're saying would he be okay for four or five years? Sure. I mean, I don't think he, he's a good coach. Um, he'll recruit well at Michigan, same way he did at Stanford. But you know, the Stanford job is his his calling card. And when he came in at Stanford, and people have to dial their memory back, Stanford was god awful. So they had nowhere to go but up. The first year, I think he went maybe 5 and 7 and that was an improvement then he went 8 and 5 in Lux first year and no one's mm-hmm. calling for your head and then and then the program took off he rebuilt it but he didn't last long and uh he went jumped to the pros we know his personality grates on people i'm just not sure how he would make out with that alumni base down there he is a michigan guy so they're going to give him more latitude down in Alabama, you have to do some backslapping with the big boosters, and I'm not sure if that's his personality. I don't know if it is, so I can't say it's a slam dunk. Uh, okay, I mean, I, we're probably gonna run out of some slam dunks. I, I just want to know if you think a guy, if a guy could win a championship. What about Jimbo Fisher? Can Jimbo Fisher take? What I don't think Jimbo. Listen, I there? want to see Jimbo Fisher next year. Okay, he's bringing another top four, three, two recruiting class. Let's see what he does without Winston, because I'm not so sure he didn't just catch lightning in a bottle in that case. Uh, I, you know, look, you know that's where I am on this whole thing. I really do want to see what Florida State can do without Jameis Winston there. We've we've uh, we had the opportunity this year to see what they were like when they uh, played Clemson, and it wasn't pretty. Uh, but yeah, you know, how much can you judge off of that one game with a quarterback that is not your starter? Um, but I do know this. Um, 
when when they got to a championship game last year against an Auburn team that was, let's face it, lucky to be there. They had all kinds of trouble getting by that team. And then this year they struggled mightily in a ton of games that they probably would have lost were it not for the very strong belief in Jameis Winston. And then you saw what happened. Yeah, uh, you know the the last game for them this year. So uh, yeah, he saved their uh, yeah, he saved their bacon. I mean, you know, he it was really a case of you got a guy that's probably coming off the board in the top two or three picks in this draft in the NFL, saving them against teams like NC State. I mean, you're not talking about okay, even if it was against the Clemson. Clemson has been, you know, a top fifteen program and better for the last five or six years. NC State has not, and you can go through that schedule and find quite a few games where. They won because he was their quarterback, pure and simple. Brett Bielema, you know, you give him no. the athletes that an Alabama can get. Could he possibly win a championship there? I mean, he, I mean, listen, right now, and this, I'm not saying this in a funny way as much as I, you might win a championship there. That doesn't mean I think it's a slam dunk. For, for I mean, you're asking me slam dunk. I think the only slam dunk is Urban Meyer, before people say to me, hey, it's Alabama. Hey, Alabama didn't wasn't winning championships when Nick Saban got there. They weren't even no, dominating. they were struggling. As a matter yeah, of they fact. were struggling. So there's no so. Slam, slam dunk to me. You know, Alabama's a, a weird job like this, Chad. If you take the school and where it's located and you know, academically, I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad school, but it's not it's not a top 25, you know, school in U.S. News and World Report. It's kind of one of those anomalies. I mean, it, it, it gets a lot of kids because of it's in the South and of the tradition. I mean, if you started from scratch tomorrow, there was no history in college football. I'm not sure Alabama in and of itself is a top program. I mean, what draws people to want to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama? It's the championships. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, I mean, it's uh, a great football town and all that good stuff and a great college town. And, listen, let's face it, in, in this in this day and age, uh, if you've got a great football team you're, and you got a football team like Alabama, you tend to have a really great college football town. And it just really, really adds to the general experience for the uh, common student. So you will get people that will come to your school just because the football team is great, because it gives the feeling of a great college atmosphere. And college uh, is as much the degree as it is the experience. And I think people seek that out, and you can get that at one of these schools where you got big-time football. We agree or disagree with that? No, I I totally agree. I totally agree. Let me hit you. Let me well, hit good. you before you get off. Before you get off the recruiting, I want to hit you with some some thoughts. There's some really things like I was on this list right now when we were talking about ten minutes ago. We got off on a tangent. I can't get over some of these teams. Like, I mean, I'm shocked. Florida right now has only nine verbals. Mm -hmm. They're number 102 on this list. Now, I'm sure they're going to have some come in hot and heavy in the next week or so. But still, isn't that a little shocking to you, even with the coaching change? Um, Not shocking, because obviously it's something I've uh, had my eye on for, for quite some time. And um, I'm, I'm not shocked by it. I think uh, you, you had a situation where the, you had a coach in there before who people weren't sure was going to, to make it through the season, and lo and behold, he didn't. So that was already through most of the cycle causing some hesitation by, right. by the recruits. 
And all the while, while you're hesitating, you got Florida State winning left and right and cleaning up on it. Um, it prohibited them from making major moves down in South Florida, even though Miami's struggling. You still, you know, Miami still has a legacy. They can still grab top players and get them there to the school. So you had a problem in the South and a problem in the North. Um, so, you know, I, that's – and then you bring in a new guy kind of late, so they're doing all that they can. So it doesn't really surprise me, especially when you see the same thing going on with Michigan. Such right. is the case. News travels. you got Twitter and social media. It's very difficult when you're having an issue there. Uh, at the coaching spot to to get the kids you want because you can't really hide anything. Now here's a couple other things. Let let me just point out that I see and 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 how this gets impacted. We talked about Stanford and how it was going to be a challenge when Harbaugh left, um, and Luck left, and and for them to keep that program up there. Now they had an off year. Everybody gets one of those. But if you remember, for five or four or five years in a row, Stanford was always getting in the top fifteen and even sometimes top ten on these. Right now, Stanford's down at thirty two. He's a really good coach, but Shaw, you know Shaw. But that's going to make his job all the more difficult if he cannot continue to get those top recruits that he had been getting for a couple of years. Okay, because that that's a big drop for them unless they unless they finish strong. I mean, going from being in the top fifteen to out of the top thirty, talent wise, mm-hmm. that's that's a drop off. You always mm-hmm. talk about coaching now. Here's another example: TCU. TCU, 27th in these rankings, and I, I dare say if I checked last year, they're probably in the same spot, if not lower. They are 13-1, ranked number two in the country. Only two spots behind them is Washington State, which to me is a shocker at number 29. I, I didn't think they'd be this high. And they're winning four games a year. So that goes to show you, in a way, how important coaching is. Yeah, and most definitely, and I, listen, I've talked on this show specifically about Boise State, and I've pointed out before where they finish in the recruiting rankings every year, never anywhere tops, usually out of the top 40 or 50, and they're in the mix uh, every year. Every year they've got a really good football team. So I think, um, I think what you're going to get in both Michigan and in Florida are uh, a coaching staff that can develop the talent that they bring onto Oh, yeah. I, I, listen, that's me, very so. important. We all know that. I mean, anybody follows this stuff. These lists are great as long as you develop them. If, you, if you're bringing in top talent and developing it, you become Alabama or, or, or like that. And if you bring in really good talent and the kids don't develop and even regress, you get fired. So, I mean, I'm looking at Miami now. There's a classic example. Mm-hmm. There's a segue. Mm-hmm. Miami's 22 in these rankings. Now, for all the banners you guys are flying down there to get rid of Al Golden, he, he's got 19 verbal commits, and nine of them are four stars or better, and he's 22nd in the country. So he's obviously bringing in some talent. Yeah, but, you know, unfortunately for him, that only turns the heat up on him. Uh, they've had good recruiting classes, as people will point out, and the biggest problem has been that uh, the guys that went to the Senior Bowl this year were all the talk of the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, um, Philip Dorsett and, and Denzel Perryman, and uh, and and guys like that have gone out there. Pretty much every one of those guys that went to the Senior Bowl have gone there and have been very, very impressive. And that only angers the fans even more to say, well, look, obviously you've had talent. You've had the recruiting classes. These guys are going out to these uh, to these you know these All Star games after the season and getting coached by other guys and being able to sh- really show their talent. Why can't we win? Why did we finish below 500? So. 
Um, even that's turning into a problem for him. But, yeah, it's South Florida, man. It's South Florida. You're going to get talent, even when you're six and seven. You're still going to get talented yeah. players on campus. Um, but, you know. And then finally, my last point on this whole list is our our man Charlie Strong is uh, sitting just outside the top ten. He's at number thirteen right now. So with a big close on signing day, maybe a recruit or two, he might hop into that top ten. We'll see. Perhaps he perhaps he will. Uh, it, and it's the same thing like I'm saying about Miami. It is the state of Texas, and um, people, you know, kids grow up wanting to play at the state of. You know, play for the University of Texas. I know he's come over here to South Florida and tried to nab up some kids and got a bunch of them committed. And now they're starting to decommit. So we'll have to keep an eye on that situation over here over the next 10 days. All right. Well, certainly um, there'll be more talk on college football recru- uh, recruiting and future shows coming up this week. For now, we need to take a break. When we get back, we're going to have the final segment of this Monday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll do that when we get back right after this. Mike To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. In-season, out-of-season, FitSpeed.com gives you the edge. Over 150 professional athletes and 5,000 youth and high school athletes as clients. Over 2,500 square feet of indoor turf. That includes two indoor 50-yard lanes, plus a fully equipped weight room with the latest and most technically advanced equipment available. That's over 8,000 square feet of total workout space. Plus, they have the best training staff anywhere in the country. It's owned by current NFL wide receiver Brandon Marshall, it's why athletes like Chad Ochocinco work out there, and it's why you should work out there too. If you want to be the best, get on your grind and visit fitspeed.com today. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. 
But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Coming at you. We are going to wrap up the entire football season here on Sunday with the Super Bowl as the Seattle Seahawks take on the New England Patriots. Emil, uh listen, we can't really expect these two teams, or can we, to, to be back in the Super Bowl next year. But outside of these two teams, what are some teams you think are, that can make a run at at uh, the this, this Super Bowl next year? Just, well, well I mean, you know. You have, to, you have to say the Colts. I mean, as crazy as it might sound to you, I think if the Colts could get could somehow muster up a running game, um, you know, and, and fortify that defensive front a little bit, I think they're going to be in position because they have the quarterback. Now the question becomes, as you always like to say, can that quarterback, at especially a young age, understand that to, to become the team they want to become? They're going to need to. He's going to need to maybe not put up as much fantasy numbers. As he's accustomed mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's what. Yeah, I'm worried that they're gonna, you know, want to make this guy uh, a star and make it really all about him, which would be a mistake for them as a as a team as a whole in trying to get to that thing. That just right. is really. Right. Has that really ever worked? Let's think about that. You know, we talk so much about quarterbacks. We uh, we're saying that this is a quarterback era, and you know, the numbers would suggest so. But has making the quarterback all everything for a team ever worked? I don't know that it has. Didn't work for Dan Marino. Certainly didn't work for Dan Fouts. It hasn't really worked for you know some of your more modern guys that we've had here. Peyton Manning has certainly experienced a certain amount of uh, disappointment as it comes to Super Bowls. Yes, he does have a ring, but uh, and then Tom Brady. Since they decided to make it all about him, they've had problems winning a Super Bowl. They've gotten there, but they haven't been able to win it. So does that? Work? I think it'd be a mistake if they went that route. You better get a good running back in a running game. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think I think they need to. You know, listen, he's a young guy. He seems kind of bright, um, and maybe you know he can understand that if he wants to be have the career he wants. I think he wants to have. He seems like a guy that's is really interested in winning. You, you you can't be the focal point. I mean, you could be a big piece of it, but if you become, as you said, Dan Fouts, and that's nothing against Dan. I mean, maybe that's all the Chargers really had at the time, but you, you're not going to win much. You're gonna you're going to be a guy who's known for lighting up scoreboards like Fouts, like Marino, but you're not going to end up with a lot of rings. So I hope I hope for his sake he gets that. Um, you asked some other teams. I'd like to stay in the AFC. I, I think the Steelers are in are, are in a good position right now. Um, Roethlisberger is, you know, he's he's got a couple rings. He's a guy that I think is really interested in winning. He put up numbers this year because he had to, but as the year went on and on, Bell became more of a focal point of that offense. I think the line gelled for them. They were able to run the ball. Now the question becomes, can they patch up an aging defense? Um, they have pieces there that they, you know, are, are starting to get old, leave, retire. Um, I think that's going to be the key for Pittsburgh. 
true. I, I like what they. I do like what they. I like the pieces that they have. You know, Roethlisberger can continue being a solid quarterback. He, he's you know obviously going to get a lot of help from the guy that stands behind him and carries the football. Um, he you know. Bell looks like he's going to be a, a real force in this league, and you've got Antonio Brown outside, and I like some of the young receivers that they have. Uh, they can continue to, you know, build things up in front of them, and, and it's time now to really address the secondary, don't you think? It's time to address that problem. Yeah, they've got you know, some Pittsburgh. issues back there, and, you know, don't forget, a big piece of what they do there. Um, is gone and that LeBeau retired. And I know there'll be fans who are cynical and say, good, let him go. Don't let the door hit him in the ass. They they stunk on defense. But you know what? He he was the architect of those defenses, and I'm not so sure it was his fault that they stunk on defense. He didn't have the horses. So, you know, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. How do they replace him? What's What does the guy do? Is it a guy internally that's going to keep with the same program? Are they going to go outside and have some different philosophy? So I think Pittsburgh is a team that it can go either way, but I see them maybe making a run if they do some of the right things. Now, you know, go over to the NFC side. Obviously, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. As long as they have Aaron Rodgers and they continue to use Eddie Lacy more and more, um, I think they're going to be right there in the mix. I think the Cowboys are in a good position. Now, they've got young. They're second second or third youngest team in the league. The key for me there is can they keep DeMarco Murray or or can they replace him? If they can keep him or get a guy similar like a Mark Ingram who's a free agent in New Orleans, he'd probably do well. He seems to be more of a one-cut downhill type runner. I think that's really what Dallas wants. You don't want a guy back there dancing. I mean, they've got road graders up front. You just want a guy that takes the ball and hits the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I no think, doubt about yeah. it, just like he did. Yeah, and I think I think Dallas is in, you know, not because I'm a fan. I think you would agree. I think they're in good position. Their oldest player is their quarterback, and he's 34. You could play till you're 39 as long as they keep you upright. Yeah, uh, biggest b- biggest areas that they need to address, obviously, is, you know, decide what they're going to do going forward with the running back position i think demarco murray better really come in touch with his senses and you know take take find some kind of way to still be on the dallas Cowboys. let me give you my prediction this is based on nothing other than what i i feel and see and hear come out of there murray wants to stay he said as much without getting his agent pissed off at him he he said i'm going to live in dallas whether i play here or not and that's where i plan to raise my family he said he went on this week to talk about his love and appreciation for the Jones family. My guess is they come to some sort of agreement, maybe four years, twenty-four million, with maybe a big chunk, sixteen million or so guaranteed, enough where if, if he declines, he'll have enough in the bank that he doesn't have to worry about it, and the team can get out of it without <clears throat> being on the hook, you know, for all of it. But I think they'll they'll find some middle ground. I, my guess is he's staying there. That's my guess. Uh. Yeah, and, and it would involve him getting uh, a, the proper view about his value on the market and uh, not chasing the big upfront money and have his career get shortcutted by doing so. That's something that we've uh, discussed here on the show. Philadelphia Eagles, you care to weigh in on that? Any chance for them going down the road? I actually believe that uh, a team I'm keeping more of an eye on in that East is uh, the Giants. I, I like the organization better. Um, I like the way they're structured organizationally. I think their draft looked looked a lot better. Um, now that we look at it in the rearview mirror, what they did last year, if they can improve the offensive line, 
as a Cowboys fan, I worry more about the Giants. I really think the Eagles have gone in the wrong direction. They've given too much power to Chip Kelly. I, I hear rumors that he's trying to figure out a way to maneuver up in the draft, which is going to cost him a lot to get Mariota. Um, I, I think there's a little bit too much clinging on to his his heritage there, and uh, I, I'm not as worried about them, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, I think we know where we're going with the Eagles. Three years from now, I'm not even sure Chip Kelly's going to be a part of it. I didn't hear you mention the Detroit Lions. You know, I don't know what to make of the Lions yet. I'm still not sold on Stafford. Now, that said, their offense should get better next year because I don't think it was a really good year for them offensively. And I think Calvin, assuming Calvin Johnson is healthy, Tate was a nice pickup. Um, they seem to, you know, they can go out and either get a back or just commit more to what they have there. I'm not sure what they feel internally about their running backs. Defensively, though, you know, I'm not sure this year. I want to see them do it again. I mean, was it an anomaly? Can they keep uh, Sue? I mean, for as much of a headache as that guy is, I mean, he's a hell of a defensive tackle, probably the best in the league. And he's going to command a pile of money, and I'm just not sure there's enough there to pay him because, I mean, they've got money committed all over that roster in in big ways, and he's going to get get a boatload. And you got a team sitting out there like the Raiders who have a ton of cap space, and I'm hearing rumors they're going to they're going to go after him hard. Wouldn't that be interesting? And who him with the Raiders? Yeah. If I'm him, I'm not doing that. But hey. They're all chasing the money these days. Could the Raiders get themselves back into the consciousness of of, of the NFL? Is that possible? Well, well that's going to be the move. This year. Well, that's where they're going. I mean, they they've, of course they're going to look to you know the Raiders need to make a splash off the field before they do on the field. They need to get the fans excited. Um, do, do they have the first pick in the draft or no? Who has the first pick? Uh, Bucks don't, don't they? I think Kansas okay, has <clears throat> but they're in what top three or four. As as they uh, are perennial. Okay, well, so, uh, let, let me throw this out to you. Raiders have Carr at quarterback. He's been serviceable. He's only a rookie, so he could improve. Mm-hmm. They go out, they sign Sue, and then with their pick, they take Leonard Williams. That immediately becomes a, str- a strength of that team. If they if they get a guy like Sue and pair him with a guy like Williams, that could become a, a, a pretty salty defense pretty quickly because uh, Mack, the kid they got last year from Buffalo, had a great rookie mm-hmm. season, the linebacker. He did. did. He did. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, once again, another team that needs to address the secondary, so they're going to need to do that in some way, shape, or form. Um, so uh, some holes, obviously, if you're the Oakland Raiders and you're up there in the top five, you obviously have some holes to fill. I just could they start massaging their way back up to the top and start getting to records like seven and nine and eight and eight? Well, but you know the whole deal. How long how, the coaching staff is the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you going to keep them together? Uh, you going to give the guy a chance? Is, is Del Rio going to have a chance? Is he going to get a five-year plan here? Listen, then that brings up another thing. All right, uh, Del Rio is your guy in Oakland. Why I'm seeing offensive coordinators getting jobs like Olson is uh, you know now a, you know, a, an offensive coordinator. It's the same names. I mean, what's going on that we can't get some some new guys around here? You guys are just allowed to fail miserably at places and get other jobs. And and where else does that happen? 
And what other professions does that go uh, down? Fortune 500 companies tend. Fortune 500 companies like to run like that. I just don't get it, man. They recycle. I mean, we're CEOs. demanding performance. Listen, are we demanding performance from the guys that are actually putting the helmet and shoulder pads on? Like, I mean, you know, some of these guys can't go out and just fail like that and expect to still have jobs and get and have the same contracts. The moment a guy falls backwards in the NFL, they're bringing him in to renegotiate a contract. But these coaches get to flunk miserably at a place and go pick up another job somewhere making multi-millions of dollars. Sometimes you know, I think there's just something. It is are. a boys' club. I mean, and there's something to be said about I think these owners really – they just want to be comfortable with the coach, a lot of them. You always say that. You say, hey, listen, it's not always about winning for every organization. True, uh, being with a guy that you know or a guy that you're comfortable with. But, man, losing can get you very uncomfortable in a hurry. So, sure sure know, can. Interesting to, to, yeah, really really quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, so that's certainly something – uh, these are, those are some teams I think we need to, to keep an eye on. And then, I don't know, the Carolina Panthers made it deep again. That's two years in a row. They're in the postseason. Um, they get something done up front and find some protection for Cam and get another dynamic receiver. And I've got to see something from Cam. Cam's got to show me a little bit more in his – the way he reads defenses and progresses and all that stuff. You know, I mean, he's a great athlete. There's no doubting that. And he's got a cannon for an arm. But let's see him mature as a quarterback a little bit. But, yeah, they've been there, and the defense seems to be healing up at the end of the year. It played a lot better the second half of the year, and that's kind of their calling card right now. So, yeah, Caroline is definitely somebody to keep an eye on, especially that division's awful. So Yeah, um, it is awful. And, then you know, Cam has never really been made to be the, the prototype professional quarterback you know they wanted to do the whole zone read thing with him so his education now as a quarterback probably is going to start from uh from this season going forward because i think they're going to probably want to move away from uh a whole bunch of that zone well he got beat up this year he really did he got beat up this year and if they want to keep him healthy they have to move to more of a traditional nfl style offense i would uh certainly agree and you know you got a couple of backs there that could probably help you with that so we'll we'll have to see all right man we'll come up to the end of another great show here it is super bowl week so for sure we're on friday aim and i are going to talk about this whole super bowl we're going to break it down we're going to try and pick a winner not an easy one um i felt strongly last let's year promise this that, to uh, the audience on friday let's make a promise for friday we will only talk about the game unless there's major news with this ball thing unless like somebody's getting suspended we will focus purely on the super bowl I'm done with the balls, man. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. Unless something great and serious is coming up and not just a bunch of other uh, poor one-liners about balls, uh, I don't wish to get into that. Because Friday is, pardon me, nut-cutting time. It's time to really, really start talking about what's going to happen in this game and who's going to be the next Super Bowl champion. So we will keep our uh, comments and discussion strictly about what we think is going to happen on the field uh, as it pertains to this Super Bowl on left as Emil said, something big time comes up from the uh, Flake Gate or anything else that could possibly happen off the field with this game. Fair enough? Fair enough. We're on. All right, man. All right, well, that's it for us here. We're heading out. Um, stay tuned for uh, information about uh, other shows coming up this week. As it stands now, definitely a show on Friday, not guaranteeing anything else. As you know, I will always... Uh, Post it up on Twitter and Facebook and let you know we're having a show 
uh, in between this one and the one on Friday. We'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of the Gridiron Stud Show, and we appreciate you listening and making us a featured show here on Blog Talk Radio. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you later on this week. Lost in a romance, To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.